Welcome to Autoimmune Revolution Radio. I'm your host, Justin Janoska, clinician and founder of the Autoimmune Revolution. After watching my mom suffer with autoimmune disease, I have made it my mission and purpose to help people like you. Unlock the door to better results, regain control of your body, and feel like yourself again. I want you to become an autoimmune alchemist and get your life back. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in. May you be filled today with joy, abundance, and loving kindness. Peace and love. All right. Welcome back. Great to see you. Welcome to the show. So I was just dialoguing with my friends on social media. Um, They were giving me a hard time because I posted a photo of my food last night and I said, there, there were olives in my salad and I don't like olives. I actually really hate them. And I said, this is not appropriate. Like I wasn't aware of this and making a whole stink about it, right? <laughs> Jokingly. And I was getting a lot of heat for it. So I don't know about you, but that's what I've been doing for the past uh, you know, half an hour, <laughs> trying to defend myself about why I don't like olives and how I, I think they should be um, excluded from the... Uh, diet catalog of our life. <laughs> you might agree with me on that. You may not. Um, that's all right. But I don't know about you. I just have a thing with olives <laughs> and uh, certain foods like eggplants I don't like um, and uh, artichoke. So my mom must not have given me uh, enough olives as a kid. That's probably why I didn't like them. But anyway, I digress. So um, <laughs> today I want to get into actually going over a couple of case studies um, with some clients of mine this year who had some tremendous, I mean, really tremendous results. And I share this because um, not, not to brag, not to say I'm the best thing ever, I can fix everyone's problems. No, it's not about that at all. It's actually really about helping you see the truth and being aware of what's possible, right? Possibility. Because for a lot of people, maybe you're one of them, you've been so disillusioned and felt despondent and let down from failed protocols and attempts over the years, and you feel like thrown in the towel and not even trying anymore. You think there's no hope, there's nothing you can do. Well, I think there is, and you can. I don't know your situation, of course, but from my experience, if you have an autoimmune disease and there's something going on in the immune dysfunction arena, then yeah, there is a way out of this. Um, so I want to instill hope in you. And I want to share some, a couple of case studies here that, that would be really brief. Okay. So um, I'll just get right into it. So this year I had a client named uh, Teresa and she came to me with Hashimoto's and massive paranoia. I mean, panic attacks a lot of the time. And she had already done a lot before meeting me with diets and supplements and taking anxiolytics and things to calm her down and meditation and whatnot, but didn't really work. Okay. And um, I hear this a lot, of course. So she didn't struggle with much else other than fatigue and her mind going a million miles a minute and the anxiety. Um, which was enough to keep her Hashimoto's alive and creating problems. Um, she had other symptoms too, brain fog, right? But weight was not one of them. And that's the thing I like to say to people is that you don't have to have weight gain to benefit from my support and help. 
um, because it's symptoms are all re- all relative to you. So however the disease is presenting is what you got, but the same underlying issues are the same, generally speaking, right? Which is what I'm talking about here with the immune dysfunction and the root causes that cause it to um, misbehave. Okay, so <clears throat> Teresa. Uh, really had a hard time with this. I mean, she couldn't even go into grocery stores or Target. She would say, I, I need to go to Target and I can't go. I just feel like I'm going to pass out. She was afraid of fainting and passing out um, and being judged for that. Um, so a little confusion around that and as to why that was and why she would pass out in the first place. Like, why would that be a thing? You have pots, you have something going on. Um, wasn't the case, but at the end of the day, to keep it short, she had some deeper underlying trauma-related things, and really her nervousness was just jacked up, as you can tell, and always in fight or flight. And really she got to a point where she shut down and um, isolated and was hiding in her house, and she wouldn't go out. She just couldn't stand the idea of going out in public. It was really that bad. I never seen that in my, in my experience with anyone um, in, my, in my career up to this point. So I said, all right, well, this is what we're going to work on. It's not about the diet. It's not about the toxin or the formaldehyde in your, you know, couch or whatever. It's flame retardants. It's not about those things. You know, it's really about, we got to get your mind to calm down and get your body to feel safe. So that's what we did for a good four months. I mean, she was in the program for uh, five months, but she left a little early because we just, she was good. She was ready to go. That happens sometimes. And, um, you know, you can't fast track this, but basically we just worked on how to, you know, essentially it comes down to two things. And the problem I have with the, the, the functional medicine space and the, you know, biohacking space, whatever you want to call it is they'll say, okay, do this quick fix thing. You know, like vagal stimulation is a, is all the thing uh, rage now, I guess. And maybe it has been for a while. I don't really keep track, but all these little things to stimulate your vagus nerve. And yeah, because it's important for your gut health and calming down your nervous system, right? It's very, it's really um, necessary to get that on. And it's not on if you're in limbic system dysfunction and you've got a lot of um, neurological impairment and years of trauma that's really uh, affected the brain. So we can certainly do diaphragmatic breathing and far gazing and gargling and humming and singing. And I jokingly say, you know, you can't hum, sing and gargle your way out of stress or out of trauma. I mean, it's not a quick fix thing. Sure. It helps in the interim helps in the moment when you're hyper aroused and you're excited and you can't calm down. It's a tool you can use, but believe me, I've worked with enough people to know that that is not going to cut it. And uh, yeah, it's part of it, but and guess what? You do that, and for a few minutes you feel good, and then guess what? Back, you there you are, back to how you felt before, and nothing really changed. So obviously it's an ebb and flow t- sort of thing, and the point is you don't really get attached to one ideology and one intervention. It's part of the greater picture or greater solution, I would say. So we had enough self-regulation tools like that to do, for sure. I taught her some things that were very simple with the body, and um, but, you know, meditation is not always the avenue to go. And I know, I know that's, I mean, I'm a huge advocate for meditation. I teach it and it's been, uh, you know, the fulcrum of what I do with trauma, but mindfulness, I would say, but it's not necessary or required to heal trauma or to get out of anxiety or panic attacks. In fact, it can make things worse. 
and it can cause someone to spiritually bypass and avoid their problems and emotions. Um, I've actually seen that too. So you have to play with it and it's all very individualistic. So you can't use this cookie cutter stress technique thing on everybody. So to make a long story short, we integrated some of these practices when she needed to, when she was in a panic attack for sure. But at the same time in our, in, in our personal Zoom calls, we really uncovered a lot of the deeper things that were causing her to be in this stress response. Um, and it comes back to childhood experiences and things like that, where you didn't feel safe. And that's largely what it comes down to is not feeling safe. And, and your body has sort of absorbed that message at an early age. So her present mind might be like, I'm fine. I'm all good. Like a lot of people tell me, but yet their body's still reacting to the past. And that's an important key thing to say. Um, and to remember is that there is a disconnect. Your brain can be in the present saying you're fine, all, all is well, there's nothing going on that's bad and dangerous, but your body is still freaking out and reacting. And you have sweating, you have heart palpitations and tension and pressure and tightness and all these sort of somatic symptoms. And that is enough to me. If you're aware of it, it should be enough for you to realize there's a problem. It doesn't matter if there's a diagnosis there or not, or any evidence of this or this. If that's going on and on and it's chronic, then it's, there's clearly an issue and your body is communicating an issue and it's trying to verbalize it to you through symptoms, right? Symptoms provide the source of where the healing is if you listen. You get that figured out, then you have a portal to understanding what to do, um, what to change, and how this can really be the turning point in your disease and in your healing process too. So anyway, we uh, dug through that and yeah, really, it, I can't get into it in this Zoom. This is for another um, Zoom, sorry, <laughs> another episode. But we um, really, you know, worked on different techniques and things to help her unburden and decondition from the feelings and emotions. That's really what it's about with trauma is how to decondition and let go the feelings, the the memories, and discharge it in a healthy way, in a very slow way. And she got to a place where she really started to have courage and confidence and resilience. It was very, you know, gradual. I think she told me one time that she one day had an epiphany where it was like, wow, I can, I can feel a sense of resiliency, you know, flooding through me. And, um, the part of me that was afraid is, is really taking a step back. It's not so much in my face. And, um, a lot of this has to do with the dynamic actually in the relationship between her and I. Um, and that's sort of the implicit healing that I talk about. It's not so much the technique or the process you're doing, but it's really about the interaction and um, who I am as a person and how I am, not so much what I do and what I know. That's a, an important distinction, um, but something you have to truly trust, right? And she did that, thankfully. So we did a lot of this and she had this epiphany and you know started to really move into post-traumatic growth, I would say. And... Um, being able to then go out in public and explore and realize that she was safe. You know, and I said to her, your body is the safest place you have in the entire world. The world is unpredictable and the changes and yeah, it's dangerous at times, but if nothing else, your body is really the safest place you have to be. So she kind of fell into that and was able to really uh, have that felt experience. I think that was the turning point for her. Um, and she, built enough resiliency to go out in public and do the things she needed to do as a mom. Um, 
and a wife and all of her obligations. And she's been great. I mean, she's been out of the program for a half a year now and she's been I mean, kicking ass for lack of a better word. And I'm so proud of her. I mean, it's, it's really, I didn't know what to expect. Honestly, it could have been a long journey. I could have failed. Things may not have worked at all. She may have needed outside intervention and, um, you know, and honestly, she was on um, some um, psychotropic medication for a short period of time. She didn't want to, but it was really getting out of control. But then she was able to taper off of it um, when we started getting our interventions involved. And yeah, she's been really great. Uh, I'm really um, kind of blown away by it, but her antibodies came down too, which doesn't surprise me. And we didn't make a change in her diet or at supplements. Um much at all, actually, maybe like three or four things, you know, basic stuff at some, you know, vitamin C, probiotic, maybe fish oil, et cetera, but nothing that's really going to make an impact on this, you know? And so, um, but yeah, her antibodies came down from like her TPO was like at 1200, I think when we started and it got down to like two, 150 or 200 or something like that over a few months. But the point is her symptoms got better despite what the numbers were because antibodies can be out of range and yet you can still be normal and in remission, I would say, and be symptom-free. That happens a lot. So that's a whole other discussion around antibodies and the, and the misbelief we have about that. But um, And her labs have been great. TSH is normalized and all that stuff. And she's great. She's living her best life. Um, her diet, she, she even lost weight too, which was not her goal, but she reported that. And I said, well, great. That's what happens when you keep your body um, in a safe place and you teach it to feel safe. And that's really the magic, by the way, if you're trying to lose weight and you're having a hard time. The one clinical pearl I can give you is that work on your nervous system and get your body to feel safe. And then it will feel like it's effortless almost, assuming your diet and exercise is dialed in, but it's really not about that. Again, for another episode, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that'll be really um, of interest to you. So, um, yeah, so that's, uh, Teresa. Love her. She's great. She's got so much zest in life in her and she's going to hopefully, and I, and I trust this, this is the point. She's going to maintain this and she's going to have enough tools and resources to keep her going and apply this stuff when she needs to. And we trust that and so far so good. You know, when we started working together, I was still a little skeptical, you know, because you would just say, everything was just trust the process and there was nothing like there was never anything that we would do it was just trust the process trust and I'd get so like I'd get like a little bit annoyed like okay I'm trusting the process what's changing and then I didn't realize it until after the fact and I was like oh my god I I'm good like I don't I don't know how to explain it I mean it was just trusting your process there wasn't any one thing that you ever said or did or told me to do like there was no diet but there wasn't any one thing that we did together that I felt like was the switch you know it was kind of just like working through every little bit okay so the other story I want to share with you is a client of mine from earlier this year actually we started in the last year her name was Alyssa she had thyroid cancer, Hashimoto's, um, mold toxicity, and really was struggling, struggling with a lot of trauma and dissociation actually as well. And 
this is what I see. And I, um, it's more common than you think people with unresolved trauma that they're carrying into their life in the present day with autoimmunity. Um, but it can show up in a number of ways, not just autoimmune disease. And so Alyssa had really tried a lot. I mean, she was playing with diet and supplements and exercise and, and was struggling with the same sort of problems with um, lack of energy and brain fog and feeling powerless, waking, classic, you know, cold hands and feet, dry skin and pain all over the body. Honestly, it's pretty standard Hashimoto's symptoms. And I'll tell you what, so this is really, the reason why I'm telling her story actually is because the biography of her life and the biography of your life really does paint a picture and give you clues and insights to how you got here if you really listen to it. And this is why I've talked about it because this this really gives me the direction of where to go. Um, and the problem is that if we ignore this and we just try to think, okay, I got to fix my leaky gut today and do this glutamine and the supplement and take this probiotic and cut out all these foods and worry about pesticides and, and dioxins and avoid change my water. I mean, sure, do those things, but this is the deeper hidden stuff that is really creating the problems. Um, and my argument has, has been that the stress and the hypersensitivity you've developed from chronic stress and, and or trauma has allowed the, your immune system to become more sensitive and react to different stimuli in the environment. Um, I mean, we know that that's what's happening in autoimmune disease, but um, my my argument has been that it's the early early life stress, early adulthood stress, has trained the the immune system to do this with the right genetics, of course. So anyway, um, so Alyssa was dealing with emotional neglect as a kid. She had um, a father who was a drug addict, and she was molested at you know as a teenager. Uh, her mom passed away in about in three years ago or so, um, and she was taking care of her mom. Right, she assumed that caregiver role. Common theme I see. She was in codependent relationships. She suffered with a lot of guilt from how stressed her mom was, and her mom was, um, you know, verbally abusive too. And this is something you see a lot, and people don't realize this: is that when someone calls you fat, tells you you need to lose weight, and these sort of things, it really does leave an imprint in the mind as a young child. So she had to deal with that. Um, she learned that food was a reward, lived in fear. She had anger at her mom for choosing, um, her dad over her. And she would also start with abandonment from her father. So all these things, right? You think about it, that creates a lot of stress and trauma for a person. And this is why cancer in particular is really interesting. And often I've never met anybody with, with cancer or worked with anybody with cancer who didn't have trauma. It's just, I assume it because, um, because stress at the, at the end of the day is the real, uh, meat and bones of cancer. It's just, like, it's like, what is the reason, what is the cause of that, of that stress? Now, obviously there are certain cancers that, um, don't involve this sort of thing and you just have, um, other issues going on and I'm not a cancer, uh, cancer expert, but, um, from what I've learned, and this is what I wanted to study in school, but I changed directions, of course. Um, it's really important to me, but it does show up a lot, this stuff, honestly, with people who have Hashimoto's 
or autoimmune disease, I mean, you are essentially dealing with a lot of a damage on the thyroid that can turn malignant. Okay. So, um, it's not a separate thing in my mind. Yeah. I get medical treatment for it, but you also have to realize that the underlying issues and the stress and mind and body issues are still there. So anyway, we really had to dig into this and we worked together for probably 10 months. I think it was a long time. We met every week for 10 months, um, which is a type of relationship. I don't do a lot all the time because it's very time consuming, but for some people like her, you really need that in-depth connection and the relationship is really where the healing uh, in medicine is. So we knew that she had pathogens and mold and fungus and um, leaky gut. We, we could sense the stuff on labs. We were testing, but I didn't put a lot of attention on that right away, actually. And this is kind of my philosophy and my approach. And I'm sharing this because it seems maybe counterintuitive, but it actually is what works best because you, you don't respond very well to treatments if you're still in fight or flight. I mean, you, 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 don't, you don't absorb things very well. You might not break down food very well. Um, your mouth, you might be struggling with malabsorption. And this is why many people do protocols for candida or SIBO or mold or whatever in their gut. And they feel good for a while. Then they rebound and they're back to how they felt before. Or they see no changes. Because the consciousness hasn't changed. The behaviors haven't changed. The trauma is still there. And you're living in the past still. You're still living in chronic stress states that seem, quote unquote, you know, that are normal to you, right? This is a lot of what I see. So we had to really work on that and and for sure unleash and remove a burden from some of these feelings of guilt and the shame and the unworthiness that was really eating her away. Um, so the the work was in that. It was in it was in the psychology and the thoughts and feelings and getting her body to feel safe. And some of the key things here that we did was was, well, okay, what strategies and, and routines can we do to establish, um, teach the body to feel safe and, um, you know, really be in control of the now and see that the present is safe and there's no harm and danger here. So it's really, it takes some time to unlearn this, uh, relearn this, I, I would say, and decondition and um, really have that felt sense. But she started to slowly turn around. I mean, maybe around six months into this, it was it was a slow process for sure. But you really can't rush it. And eventually, she started to self-regulate, feel safe, feel connected, find meaning and purpose in her life. And that was a big thing we talked about. And she wanted to have her own business and be a baker and start her start her own, uh, you know, jam with that. And it was great. And um, I loved it. And that, I think that was a huge part of it because now she had something more than than just, you know, getting better, like what's okay, great. You want to get better and heal and have better relief, but what's that a catalyst for? What would that allow you to do? And it's a question I like to raise to you because it's not enough to just, we don't want to just lose weight, have energy and get rid of brain fog and think better just because we want to feel better. There's a reason for that. It's because we need to show up and be the seven person and serve others and be there for our kids or be better at our job or for a partner or whatever. So this is part of the, the, you know, I would say one of the pieces of the pie that we had to tap into. Um, but really, this is this is a, a much deeper discussion for another time on trauma. But there there is no process with this. But I'm telling you, a lot of it. We what we did was work on this, and once her nervous system calmed down, then we started tackling the infections, and she re, she responded better, honestly, this time around than before, and we got rid of that pretty easily, I would say. 
and her antibodies came down. And as far as I know, at this point, she's not relapsing and she's not in dissociation anymore. She's feeling alive and connected to her body and connected to the world around her and surroundings. Um, and cancer has been well under, under control. I mean, she has a partial um, thyroidectomy, but you know, that other half can still get damaged. So the, the goal is to, for sure to make sure that she's got her nervous system controlled and her immune system will then be under control. And she does the right things. And what she has been doing when we left, you know, because she felt confident moving forward on her own, then she'll be okay. She'll be able to maintain this. And that's the goal, right? To have the skills and resources to do this on your own so you can move on with your life and not have to work on your health as a lifelong project, right? Would you want to do that? Of course not. So that's what we're about here, giving you the full solution so that you can move on and you trust that you know what you're doing. Unfortunately, a lot of people and pretty much everybody who before they come to me has gotten bits and pieces of a solution, but no one's ever gotten them the full thing they need. So I can see pretty clearly, in, in, and in her case, the deeper psychological trauma and burdens that were really keeping her stuck. And you know, she had seen a therapist too, actually. And um, that only got her, got her so far. So I will end with a brief clip from her uh, interview together when we ended, so you can hear her words um, and what she had to say about this. Okay, why am I like trying all of these diets and supplements forever and ever and spending all my money and no one else has touched on anything mental health wise. And I know that I struggle with mental health and just seeing the stuff that you post about how really like that is more of the the focus is your mindset rather than all of these diets and supplements. That was appealing to me because I'm like, I would love to not have to, you know, freak out over my diet and freak out about every little toxin and every little thing in my life for the rest of my life. And that was the main thing that drew me in for your program. It's hard to explain to someone exactly what you're doing. I remember our first couple of sessions, I was trying to like tell my husband what we did realize that a lot of my issues are me and like a lot of my solutions are within me as well. So just that whole mindset and gaining that perspective. And I've learned to like trust myself again, um, intentionally like cultivate joy in my life, um, not obsess over things. And it's through the things that you've taught me. Okay. So that's it. I'm going to end it there. I can keep, I can keep going on and on and on about other clients, but, um, I have so many stories, maybe in the future, I'll talk about more. And, um, I think you'll be able to relate to some of them. Hopefully you did today and you had something to take away from this and, um, you feel inspired, you feel encouraged, you realize you're not alone and you're definitely not. So, um, you are special and you are unique. Remember that we're all on a different playing field. We're all dealing with different things, but there is a unique solution to your challenges, but it might have different. And I say this trauma and our own illnesses, they have different textures and flavors and colors, but at the end of the day, it's still suffering. It's still a lot of the same common denominator of immune dysfunction and stress, but it's all relative. So think of that. Don't think so much about, well, she had mold and this girl had panic attacks, but I don't. So it's all relative. So it shows up in different ways, but it's all part of the same issue. So if you have autoimmune disease, then this is really what it comes down to is mind, body, you know, behaviors, biology, psychology, 
and these different components of health, that spiritual, all that stuff matters. So anyway, I'm going to stop rambling and end it there. But thank you for listening. I appreciate you so much. Um, I look forward to connecting with you next time. And feel free to reach out to me anytime you like to on social media at Justin Janoska. If you'd like to say hi, I appreciate you. Peace and love. Be well now. <laughs>